0: I, it, I'm, not I it, I'm not scared. Look out, man! The Koozie Show! Welcome to The Koozie Show the Koozie with Grant Sorrappo. It's been an unspecified amount of time, but we're back! And we're here to talk about The League. The League of Extraordinary Wealthy Gentlemen. Oh. My. God. Everyone is rich! Everyone's rich! If you know anyone who's an NBA player, ask them for money. Because they have it. They're all loaded. It's kind of ridiculous. Today's episode, we're going to talk about free agency. NBA free agency. Normally, free agency is fun, of course. But this year's free agency is a free agency bonanza. It's out of control. So we'll touch on that. Why is everyone in the league rich? It's because the TV contract went up. TNT and ESPN slash ABC now pays the NBA two billion per year for their broadcast rights. Two years ago, the salary cap was sixty-four million dollars. Last year, I want to say it jumped to like seventy. You know, so nothing crazy. The cap jumped six million. That's no big deal. But now it went from seventy, like roughly seventy, to in the low nineties. That's a a substantial difference. And next year, it's on pace to jump again. Next year's salary cap is supposed to be like $110 million. That's a lot of money. So this year, you're asking yourself like, okay, well, what does that mean? What does it mean the salary cap goes up? And everyone's like, oh my God, why are all these players getting so much money? This is ridiculous. But before we freak out, it's economics. The reason that all this money is available is because the league is growing in popularity. It's therefore more valuable. So broadcasters, a la ESPN, TNT, have to pay a larger fee due to the value of the league and its surging popularity. If it wasn't popular, they wouldn't get paid. Like the WNBA. Aww. Sorry, ladies. So yeah, salary cap balloons. Players are going to get some of that money because the collective bargaining agreement They get a certain percentage of that deal. And they should get that money. Because the league is popular because of players. It's not popular because of Rick Carlisle. It's not popular because of Mark Cuban. I mean, it's a little popular because of Mark. I like Mark. But it's not popular because of Greg Popovich. These guys aren't exactly Vince McMahon. That's not why the league is popular. It's popular because of LeBron James. So therefore... If TV rights are paying a larger sum of money to broadcast players such as LeBron James, it's only logical that those players should then reap the benefits and rewards of those larger fees. So that's what happened. So what does that mean to your team? It means everybody has money. (laughs) As an NBA franchise, you are obligated to have in the low 80s, that is, $80 $80 million on your books. So what does that mean? There's only so many players available. You can't just go give it to anybody. But the fact is, you gotta go find some guys and hand them some money. Some guys, rightfully so, are gonna get a very large payday. Money that they deserve, because they earned. They earned it. They have a well-established career, and they earn this money, this income, and it's time to get paid. Go buy mom that house she always wanted. But it also means that there's some clowns that are going to get way overpaid. Why are they going to get overpaid? Because just as I touched on, you have to spend a certain amount of money. The prime example of this is the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers are not good. Will they be good in a few years? Yes. Were they good, you know, five, six years ago? Duh. But are they good right now? No, they're not. They got some young guys that are really good. Uh, They just drafted Brandon Ingram. He looks to be pretty good. I watched one of his summer league games. Guy's got a shot. Got to put on weight, but he's got a shot. D'Angelo Russell, as long as he's not holding a cell phone, he could be a valuable asset. They got Randall. He's sort of, I don't know, underachieving as of of now. Not really living up to his potential. But still, you know, you got some pieces there. Ingram, Russell, re-signed Jordan Clarkson. That's money that they needed to invest wisely, and they did so by re-signing Jordan Clarkson. So that's cool. But... Nobody wants to play in Los Angeles right now. Never thought I'd say that. Ten years ago, you would have never thought that. But now, players can get paid anywhere, and they can get endorsements anywhere. You don't necessarily need to go to Los Angeles. It's not as appealing as it once was. You can go somewhere else. You can go to Miami. You can go to Boston. There's other desirable cities in the United States other than Los Angeles. I know that sounds far-fetched to the people that live there, And very uh, even keeled to everyone else. But that's the way it is, guys. Sunny California is not the place it used to be. So what do they have to do? It's not always going to be that way. But it will unless they actually build something that's appealing to free agents. When they strike out like they did this offseason on the guys that they go out and target. I'm, I'm doing quotes, air quotes. Target. They have to go and then give this money to somebody. So who'd they go get? Like, like I talked about, they re-signed Jordan Clarkson. That's a good signing, but that's one of their own, guys. They gave $64 million. Hold on. The Los Angeles Lakers gave $64 million to Timothy... Wait for it. Mozgov. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. Timothy Mozgov is going to make $16 million a year. <laughs> I mean, sure, he won an NBA championship, but did he? I mean, so did James Jones. But are we giving James Jones $64 million? No, because he didn't do anything. That's crazy. They also overpaid Luol Deng. I don't have as much of a problem with the overpaying of Luol Deng because at least he's a serviceable veteran and a good mentor for Brandon Ingram. Yeah, the Luol Deng signing, that's not as terrible. I mean, they still overpaid for him, But the Mozgov signing is universally recognized as one of the worst deals. But that's not going to be the only deal that's terrible. For instance, Brooklyn, who seemingly doesn't have a draft pick for the next decade, uh, went into this offseason with Hollis Jefferson, who seems pretty good, promising young player, and Brooks Lopez Lopez. That's like the only guys on their roster. So what are they going to do? They have to go out. And try to overpay people. They struck out twice. We'll see if third time's a charm, because rumor has it is they might go after Deion Waiters, who's a restricted free agent. They were able to lure in Jeremy Lynn. $36 million over three years. $12 million a year. That's not bad. Jeremy Lynn had a really good year last year with the Charlotte Hornets. But they're really, they're really reaching right now. They offered the Miami Heats Tyler Johnson, 50, who's a restricted free agent. $50 million dollars to Tyler Johnson. That's a reach. That's like a Stretch Armstrong reach. And that's not it. Swing and a miss. Miami Heat just matched it. They matched Tyler Johnson's $50 million. Dollars. The Brooklyn Nets also tried to give the Portland Trailblazers, uh, Alan Crabb, $75 million. Dollars. Wow. Over four years. Alan Crabb, shooting guard, seventy-five. That's crazy. And Portland was forced to match it because he's a restricted free agent. Alan Crabb is going to make damn near $20 million a year. That's out of control. Alan Crabb, who unless you're a Portland Trailblazers fan, you probably don't even know who is, is going to make more than John Wall, Reggie Jackson. That's nuts. That's absolutely insane. But here we are. Are they spending a lot of money this offseason? Yes, they are. But it's necessary. Necessary? Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? Probably not. No, but I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. Yes, it's necessary. They have to get to the $80 million bottom line. That's what they need to do. Guys are going to go out there and just give out ridiculous sums of money, and that's what we've been seeing. Let's go through and talk about some interesting signings. The Houston Rockets. They were able to land Ryan Anderson, which is a good deal for Houston. They also got Nene from the Washington Wizards. And the reason that was significant is because Dwight Howard left. Everybody knew he was going to leave. So Nene is a good plug and play. And he'll compliment Ryan Anderson very well. Ryan Anderson's actually a pretty good pickup, uh, barring he can stay healthy. He'll be a good compliment to James Harden. They also got Eric Gordon from the New Orleans Pelicans. Often injury-plagued Eric Gordon. Hey, speaking of injuries, the New York Knicks! The Knicks had an interesting trade. Obviously, we talked about last show. They got Derrick Rose, and they also picked up Joe Kim Noah. The running joke was, who's the next guy they're going to sign? A doctor? Because everyone there, everyone on their team is just plagued with injuries. But they didn't. They went out and got Courtney Lee, which actually a really good signing for them. He's a solid, he's a solid pickup. And the last guy they just signed to a one-year deal, $5 million, is Brandon Jennings. I was very shocked that Brandon Jennings only is going to make $5 million, but I think he's doing it on purpose and he sees New York as a very good opportunity because he knows that there's going to be numerous games when Derrick Rose can't play, he's going to start. So he's really going to get an opportunity to play a larger role than just what is a backup point guard. So if you look at the New York Knicks, they actually made significant strides this year in the offseason, the best off-season they've had in a very long time. They got Derrick Rose, Rose, Joe Kim, Carmelo, of course, Courtney Lee, and Brandon Jennings. Not to mention, hey, Brzingis, that's not a bad rotation. They actually made significant strides. They're one of the teams that I thought had a better offseason. I can see the Knicks making the playoffs this year. Before they actually went out and got Courtney Lee and Brandon Jennings, I don't know that I would have said that. When they just got Joe Kim and Derrick Rose, I don't know that they would have made the playoffs, but they actually made some significant moves, sure up their bench, and create some legitimate balance amongst their starting five and their roster. So they made some strides, and because these guys are veterans, if they actually can stay somewhat healthy, I think they can make the playoffs, possibly an eighth seed. What else? Who else? Dwight Howard. Dwight signed a big deal. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell I'm going home. Yeah, Dwight Howard went home. He went to the ATL. Dwight Howard is from Atlanta. And he signed a deal with the Atlanta Hawks. Three years, about $70 million. Sounds like a lot, but it's actually not that bad of a deal, considering what other guys have pulled in. Like I just said, Timothy Moskoff's make it $64 million. So seventy million for Dwight sounds pretty good. This is very intriguing, actually. I'm going to pay very close attention this year to see what happens with Dwight Howard. Because two things happen when somebody goes home. They either show up and they play big in front of their home crowd, family, and friends. So he's either going to take steps to improve as a player and as a man or being surrounded by those elements, friends and family, are going to be the detriment of him and could be the end of his career. Very intriguing storyline to pay attention to this year. They also re-signed Bazemore and they just signed Jarrett Jack to a one-year deal, which is a good sign for them considering they traded Jeff Teague to the Indiana Pacers. Memphis Grizzlies made some real noise this offseason, in part because they just kept one of their own guys. Mike Conley is making the salary of a small country. Mike Conley has the largest NBA contract in history. No one makes more money than Mike Conley. I mean, is Mike Conley good? Yeah. Is he a top five point guard in the league? I don't know about that. You're going to pay a guy who might not even be in the top five $153 million over five years. Whoa, unbelievable. <laughs> not only that, the Memphis Grizzlies went and paid Chandler Parsons about $99 million over four years. I mean, that money is just... I can't get over the money. You know what? I'm, I'm over it. I'm not going to talk about the money anymore because it's, it's disgusting. So yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies re-signed Mike Conley and they were able to pick up Chandler Parsons. If the Memphis Grizzlies can just have all their guys come back and be healthy, that Chandler Parsons pickup is pretty significant. I actually think they can make some real noise. The Grizzlies are good. Marc Gasol, good. Zach Randolph, good. Tony Allen, one of the best defenders in the league. And then you got Mike Conley, very good point guard. You throw Chandler Parsons in there, that's a pretty balanced offense. One of the better starting fives in the league. The best starting five? Maybe. Maybe not. Nevertheless, one of the best. Another team that had a really good offseason, Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers made some trades before draft draft day. Went and got Jeff Teague, traded George Hill. Jeff Teague's going to make them a little quicker, a little faster, a little more offensive savvy. Obviously, they sell Paul George. Still got Monte Ellis. But they also made a trade, got Thaddeus Young from the Brooklyn Nets. Traded away their draft pick, got Thaddeus. So that's cool, that's a nice little starting five. Think about that. Think about that. Jeff Teague, Monte Ellis, Paul George, Thaddeus Young, and the second year player, Miles Turner. And Miles Turner mock my words. Consider them mocked. He's gonna be pretty good. Pay attention to Miles Turner. But when it comes to free agency, they also made some moves. They went out and just signed Aaron Brooks to be their backup point guard. And they signed Al Jefferson to actually a pretty legit deal. 3 years, 30 million dollars. That's 10 a year. That's not bad. That's a pretty good deal. And so now you got this young budding center in Miles Turner with the support of old school big Al Jefferson. That is a nice squad, I'm not going to lie. Indiana Pacers had a really good off season. Let's go over this again. Jeff Teague, Monte Ellis, Paul George, Thaddeus young Miles Turner. Who do they got on the bench? CJ Miles, Rodney Stuckey, Aaron Brooks and Al Jefferson. That's a pretty good squad. The Milwaukee Bucks went out and signed Matthew Dellavedova, But that's about it. Aww. But they did draft Thon Maker. Yeah! Who I just watched a game in the Summer League. And he put up some numbers. Is he gonna be good and impactful this year, his rookie year? No. Oh man, he's skinny. Thon Maker needs to just eat steak forever. Ever, ever. He's got tons of potential, and he needs to gain a ton of weight. But he looks good. 7-1. I saw him hit a 3. Did he hit a lot? No. At, at the time I was watching, he was like 1 for 4. But still, knocked down a 3 confidently from the from the top of the uh, circle. Gets out there, gets rebounds, but he's got to get bigger. He, and if nothing else, his lower body's got to get bigger. Because he's got really good footwork, but it doesn't seem like he's got the strength to make well-balanced moves, to be an impactful player right now. But he could be, definitely. He's got so much potential. And if he really is 19... That remains to be seen. I'm just kidding, Thon. We believe you. It's fine. Yeah, he's going to be good. Thon Maker's going to be good. The Milwaukee Bucks are interesting. And I don't think it's over either because they have Greg Monroe out there, and I don't think that they want him. I'm really interested to see if he gets traded. I could see Greg going back to New Orleans. He's originally a New Orleans guy, and New Orleans just made a move. They traded one of their forwards, Babin, to the Miami Heat. And they also receive some money in return, so... It wouldn't shock me if they're trying to free up some space so they can make a move and pull in pull in Greg. We'll see if that happens, though. I didn't read that anywhere. I'm just going with my gut. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pulling a little George W. I'm going to just go with my gut. Fool me once, uh... It's a shame on me. Fool me... You fool me once, you can't fool me again. Strategery. Uh The Sacramento Kings, I don't know what they're doing. They're all over the map. They're just pissing off Boogie Cousins. They did sign Aaron Aflalo, which is a decent signing. They went and got Anthony Tolliver, the second coming of John Sally. At least he he looks like John Sally. And word is they're shopping Rudy Gay, Ben McLemore, and their backup center. Not Willie Cauley's time, but uh, the other dude. Starts with a K. I don't know his name. Sue me. Rondo's gone. Where did Rondo go? Sweet home, Chicago. The Bulls, Rajon Rondo went to Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls have a very interesting offseason. They went from the standpoint of possibly rebuilding when they traded Derrick Rose away to all of a sudden signing Rajon Rondo to just a one year deal, I believe it's two year deal but it's a mutually exclusive buyout uh, for year two which I don't understand but I don't need to. What, I'm not a rocket scientist? The big story is the Miami Heat pissed off Dwayne Wade by lowballing him, and he called their bluff and left. He left that team in shambles and went home, because he's originally a Chicago kid, to play for the Chicago Bulls. Now the Chicago Bulls have Rajon Rondo, Jimmy Butler, du- and Dwayne Wade. Woo! That team would have been nasty three years ago. But it's still going to be pretty good right now. Tosh Gibson, he's still on the roster. They have Robin Lopez, Sacho Mel. They also have Portis. But they still got Miracic, they still got Dougie McBuckets, and you still got Tony Snell. Not to mention, they just drafted Denzel Valentine, who I just watched in the Summer League, and he looks pretty legit. A young Denzel is actually going to contribute this year. So they're an interesting team to watch. Before they went and got Dwayne Wade, I didn't think they'd make the playoffs. However, now that they got Dwayne, I really think they're going to make some noise. Because they were instantly going to get better when they got Rajon Rondo. Because I'm of the opinion that Derrick Rose doesn't make anyone better except Derrick Rose. But Rajon Rondo is a pass first point guard. And the Chicago Bulls have a lot of young players. He's actually going to make all these young players better. Just look at what he did with Sacramento. Rajon Rondo last year led the league in assists. He averaged almost 10 assists with the Kings. Imagine what he's going to do with the Bulls. Playing with Jimmy Butler. An all-star in Jimmy Butler. An all-star in Dwayne Wade. Not to mention being surrounded with young pieces. Very interesting team. Are they going to win? No. Is it going to be a full-blown rebuild now? No. They're going to be good. It's going to be nice. The East all of a sudden came up and got competitive. It's kind of weird. Are they as good as the Western Conference? Probably not. But they got stronger. I mean, the Cavs are still good. They picked up Mike Dunley. The Pacers, as we just talked about, got a lot better. The Celtics picked up Al Horford. So they got better. Big pickup, big Al, free agent. Going to the Boston Celtics. Not a lot of free agents like going to Boston. Way to break the mold, Al. Nice job. Give the people in Beantown some hope. The Bulls got better. The Raptors, ooh. I don't, th- I don't think the Raptors got better. <sighs> they gave DeMar DeRozan a lot of money. But you know what? They lost Bismack Biombo, who played great in the playoffs. He went to Orlando. Speaking of Orlando, let's talk about their offseason. Bismack Biombo! Welcome to the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic are huge. They just picked up Bismack. They got Serge Ibaka in a draft day trade. The biggest draft day trade. Where they sent out Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. They also signed Jeff Green. And DJ Augustine. The Orlando Magic have a very interesting and perplexing lineup. They're actually really deep. They have a new coach of Frank Vogel. So one of two things are going to happen. They're either going to come up short and still need another year to develop some chemistry, or they're gonna absolutely exceed expectations. You got Ilfrid Payton at point guard, back up in DJ Augustine. Evan Fournier, who's poised to have a breakout year. Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, Bismarck Biombo, and Serge Ibaka. That's actually a pretty solid squad. The Phoenix Suns, they signed Jared Dudley. He's an okay pickup, you know. Nothing too flashy for Phoenix, they signed Jared Dudley. Big thing with Phoenix is they're young. Devin Booker's in the Summer League right now and Devin Booker's showing out in the Summer League right now. He's killing folks. Devin Booker, did you see him in that Foot Locker commercial? He's huge! Devin Booker is the baby-faced muscle hamster. He's absolutely massive now and he shoots it from all over the place. I'm really excited to watch Devin Booker play. Summer League's only like three days in and he's absolutely killing it. Devin Booker is an incredibly exciting prospect for Phoenix Suns fans. They also signed Marquise Crisp, who's developing some chemistry, I know to in the Summer League. And they got the Dragon himself. So it'll be interesting to see how the Dragon develops. Very young prospect. But what's weird about Phoenix is, you have the emergence of Devin Booker, but you still got Brandon Knight on the roster and you still got Eric Bledsoe on the roster. So clearly they need to trade somebody and they're not trading Devin, the baby-faced muscle hamster, because he's the new face of the franchise. So you're gonna trade either Eric Bledsoe or Brandon Knight, whether it be in the off season, or they wait until the trade deadline. One of those guys, they're gone. If I was a Phoenix Suns fan, I'd probably try to trade uh, Eric Bledsoe. So that way, there's no question that the team is Devin Booker's team. And Eric Bledsoe's wanted to get out before, so I don't know. Phoenix, that's really their offseason. Jared Dudley, sounds kind of sad, but since they have such young, uh, good, promising young players, they're actually interesting to watch. Portland went out and got Evan Turner. That's a solid pickup. Evan had a nice year, with a nice couple of years, with the Boston Celtics. So he he got a nice little payday. Nothing crazy, but let's let's pull up some numbers here. Evan Turner, four years, $70 million. Nice little payday for Evan. We'll see if he can uh, capitalize on this payday and play up to that contract. The Washington Wizards. mm, Washington, not really having that great of an offseason. Very similar to the Toronto Raptors. They gave uh, Bradley Beal a ton of money. And rightfully so. He's a good player. They gave Bradley Beal $128 million over five years. They get so much more money than John Wall. I wonder how John Wall feels about that. Other than that, they haven't really gone out and done anything significant. They lost Nene. They did Mahini from the Indiana Pacers. They also went out and made a trade and got Trey Burke to be their backup point guard because they lost Vermont Sessions, who went to Charlotte, who was previously their backup point guard. They lost Garrett Temple. So, yeah, very lackluster offseason so far for the Washington Wizards. They didn't make the playoffs last year, and sorry, buds, I don't see you guys making it this year. Didn't really do much. Like, nothing really significant. It Doesn't look promising for them. The San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Sad news today. Timmy, the big fundamental, Tim Duncan. He retired. Tim Duncan, fabulous career, five NBA titles, two MVPs. And unanimously considered one of the best teammates ever in the NBA. Just a really humble guy. Flew under the radar his entire career. First ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. Tim Duncan. One of the classiest players in the NBA. Congratulations, Tim. You had a great career. So he retired. And in light of that, they went out and got Pau Gasol. Pow! Right in the kisser. Tim's out of there, but Pow's in there. So San Antonio's still a little older. However, they just retooled and they keep going and they still got Greg Popovich. So they're still going to be good. And you can never count out a Greg Popovich coach team. They're always in the fight. Dallas Mavericks, early into free agency, it did not seem like Mark Cuban was doing anything. The Dallas Mavericks were having a very lackluster offseason, to say the least. I don't know who they drafted and they were signing no one. And it wasn't until the granddaddy announcement of them all Kevin Durant made his decision, which we'll touch on in a second, that all of a sudden, the Dallas Mavericks got gift-wrapped some players. Kevin Durant shocked everyone. He went to the Golden State Warriors, the team with last year's unanimous MVP and best regular season record, lost in the NBA Finals. Those Golden State Warriors just picked up Kevin Durant. How did they do that? Because his salary cap went up. They got all this money. If you would have asked me, I would have thought for sure he was going back to the Oklahoma City Thunder, because they made that draft. They made that draft day trade. They got Victor Oladipo. They're in Game Seven, three minutes away from going to the NBA Finals in Oklahoma City, and then they got Victor Victor Oladipo. But he didn't choose that at all. He said, "I'm going to take my talents to the Bay Area." And you know what? I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. He played nine years in Oklahoma City. Nine years never complained once. And he played with a guy in Russell Westbrook, who I would think is not exactly the easiest guy to play with, but he never seemed to complain about it. And at this moment in time, Kevin made the absolute best personal, financial, and basketball decision he could ever make. Think about it. He's unanimously considered the best free agent available. Everyone has the capability to pay Kevin Durant the amount of money he deserves. He's not taking a pay cut. So what do you do in that situation as a free agent? Typically, as a free agent, your motivations are A, you either wanna put yourself in a position to play for a great franchise where your chances of winning a championship increase tenfold. Or B, you wanna go to a situation whom can pay you the most amount of money. That's typically the motivation behind a free agent's moves and their thought process when they're considering where to go. Kevin Durant went to the Golden State Warriors, who at this moment in time are the class of the new NBA. San Antonio was the class of the old NBA, and now it seems as though there's a passing of the torch and the Warriors seem to be the class of the new NBA. They draft great, everyone loves playing there, and it's also in the Bay Area, which is a beautiful area. He went to the team that was just in the NBA Finals, won the NBA Championship the year prior, and still have all their main pieces intact. They still have Sean Livingston on their bench. They still have Andre Iguodala on their bench. And they still have all-star players in Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and last year's unanimous MVP in Steph Curry. Now they also have Kevin Durant. That's why he chose to go there. Because they can pay him the same amount of money Any other team could pay him. And in addition to that, he gave himself the best chance to win. So for anyone who said he made a bad decision, you're just simply being foolish. That's just not what you want. That's not the story that you want to hear. But think about it in terms of your life. If you're looking for a job, and you're in the job market, and you have numerous offers, what kind of job are you going to take? You're going to take the job that A can pay you the most money, which he did. This is not a Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James joining forces in Miami where they finagle the system and everyone takes pay cuts to make it work. Kevin Durant's getting the money he deserves. So as a free agent in the job market, you're going to go where they can pay you the most money, you're also gonna go in a city you'd like to live in, and you're gonna work for the absolute best company you can, right? Of course, why wouldn't you do that? When you're in the job market, do you say to yourself, you know what, I'm up to the challenge. I wanna work for a middle of the road company. And sure, they'll pay me a lot of money, but I wanna work for a middle of the road company where I'm not really sure if we're gonna be successful or not, and I'm not gonna have a lot of chances to progress. No, you're not. You're gonna put yourself in the best situation you can for your life, which is why he made the decision that he did. He's living in the best city he could live in. He's got so many opportunities on the court, with Golden State and off the court. He's right next to Silicon Valley, which is an awesome show, HBO plug. He's getting his money, he's moving to the Bay Area, and he's playing for one of the best franchises in the league, if not the best at the moment. I salute you, KD, good job. Took a lot of balls to leave Oklahoma City. So what is Oklahoma City gonna do? They had to move Barnes and Bogut. They let Barnes walk, so Dallas Mavericks offered Harrison Barnes a max contract, and they also traded Bogut to the Dallas Mavericks in order to sure up some money so that they could give Kevin Durant the money he deserves. In addition to that, they signed Zaza Pachulia, who actually had a serviceable year last year, and they also signed veteran David West. David West is good. I mean, he he was good a few years ago when he played for the Indiana Pacers. He's a solid player. They lost most baits, He went to the L.A. Clippers, and they did lose Festus Ezeli. He went to the Portland Trailblazers. So to recap, Gold State Warriors offseason consists of Kevin Durant, Zaza Pachulia, David West, and rumor is they've reached out to Ray Allen, 41-year-old Jesus Shuttlesworth, and they also bring in Steven Jackson. You remember Steven, the captain. They're bringing him into training camp. Steven's trying to make a comeback. So Golden State Warriors, boom, great offseason. Dallas Mavericks, they they pretty much picked up uh, the Golden State Warriors rejects. They got Harrison Barnes. They lost Chandler Parsons. And they got Andrew Bogut. So they replaced Zaza Pachulio with Andrew Bogut. And they replaced Chandler Parson with Harrison Barnes. So Dallas, more or less, is just going to run that same road that they've been running of mediocrity. Which is kind of a bummer for Dirk. One team that we didn't talk about that's a young upcoming team that's made a couple of moves. Nothing crazy. But just because of their potential alone, they're interesting to talk about. The 76ers, they went and signed Jared Bayless. So he's uh, most likely going to be their starter. He was the backup and occasionally started for the Milwaukee Bucks last year. They got Jared Bayless at point guard. They also signed Gerald Henderson, who's going to play some wing for them. He'll probably start at the wing. But of course, they drafted Simmons. And Simmons is as advertised. Incredibly dynamic. Pass-first guy. Huge. NBA body, he's ready to go. His shot definitely needs work, though. But just adding Simmons to that team makes them incredibly interesting. They now have an identity and they're infused with young players and they're not done either. They're still going to make trades. Embiid's coming back this year. So they got Nerlens. Nerlens Noel, uh, Okafor, and they got Embiid. They're not going to be able to trade Embiid because he doesn't really have a lot of stock at the moment having not played. So with that being said, they're most likely going to trade either Nerlens or Okafor whichever they can get the best deal for. And I don't know if it's going to happen before the season starts, in the midst of the season. But before the trade deadline, those guys, one of those guys is gone. He's gone! So they will be an interesting team to talk about. Jared Bayless, Henderson. They still got Nick Stauskas, who I saw beefed up and hit a three-point shot from the basically the half-court line. Gave his best Steph Curry impression yesterday in Summer League. And then they got this, the kid himself, the Australian whiz kid, Simmons. Very interesting. And so that's the show. I'm kidding! We're going to talk about the Stones, man. The Pistons have a great starting five, in my opinion, and a great young starting five. Reggie Jackson, KCP, Marcus Morris, Tobias Harris, and Andre Drummond. They gave Andre Drummond a huge deal, which he deserves because he's a franchise guy. And going into the offseason, everybody knew, and it was stated, that they needed a, to get more athletic, and more versatile, particularly at power forward and at backup point guard. So what did they go out and do? They, within 24 hours, went out and got Ish Smith, who is going to be very interesting. Is he a home run guy at backup point guard? No, he's not. But they signed him to a very cap friendly deal. Ish Smith, three years, 18 million. He's making six a year. If you remember some of the numbers I threw around earlier, six a year is a bargain, a very good bargain. And I think he's gonna make the bench better. He's more athletic. He's going to pick up the tempo. He's bound to be light years better than Steve Blake. I really feel like if you want to know what his game's going to be like, Smith would compare to a poor man's Brandon Jennings pre-Achilles injury. They also went out and got John Lure who actually I liked and I talked about in uh, my first podcast where we addressed the Pistons' free agency in offseason. John Lure. Can either play a stretch four or five if you want to do a small lineup. Played for Phoenix last year, put up pretty good numbers. He's a versatile guy. He can play defense. He's capable of moving. He gives them size. And definitely an upgrade from Anthony Tolliver. Anthony Tolliver was the Pistons' backup power forward last year, and he was playing entirely too many minutes. Uh, The same thing could be said for Steve Blake. Playing entirely too many minutes for the type of player that they are at this moment in time. Not to knock those guys. that's That's just how I see it yeah, they got Ish Smith, who's an upgrade from Steve Blake, and they got John Lure, who's an, up, who's an update from Anthony Tolliver. So in my mind, they improved. Uh, there's also going to be the personal growth of Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson's going to make a leap forward. He had a pretty good summer league. You could see him... You could see him playing with purpose in the summer league. His job in the summer league was to improve. He's very much focusing on trying to build his left hand, making moves with his left hands to become a more versatile player, as well as get more lift on his jump shot. And you can actually see him making, if you watch any of the summer league games, making a concentrated effort on trying to improve those two particular things. So Stanley's gonna be exciting to watch next year. And they drafted Henry Ellison. Hank, my boy Hank. Henry Ellison's an interesting prospect. Is he going to be very impactful this year? Probably not. Next year, though? Woo! You better look out. When Hank puts on some weight, he can move. Hank can move out there. Henry Ellison is going to be a player. Potential to be a poor man's Dirk Nowitzki. Roll the dice, he might be a rich man's Dirk. Anyways, no, Hank looks very promising, and he adds a little depth to the bench itself. Is he going to play a lot? No, but hopefully he'll play a little bit, the same way that Hilliard played some minutes sparingly and Reggie Bullock got in there. We still have both of those players, mind you. And we also have Michael Benajay, who I apologize for butchering his name on my last podcast. All right, now that we went over all the significant free agent signings and an overview of the offseason, let's just talk about really quickly the Eastern Conference standings of last year and the Western Conference standings of last season to see who, what teams got worse and what teams got better. The Cavs, did they get better or worse? Uh, the Cavs are about the same. They picked up Mike Dunleavy, but they lost Matthew Dellavedova. The Raptors... Uh, The Raptors got worse, of course. They re-signed DeMar DeRozan, but who cares? They lost Bismack Biambo, and they gained no one else. Uh, The Miami Heat, oh my God, they got worse. Dwayne Wade just ran them over. Now they're just signing a bunch of scrubs to try to fill up their roster and hit the salary cap minimum. The Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks stayed about the same. They lost Al Horford, but they picked up Dwight Howard. And they also lost Jeff Teague. So the addition of Dwight cancels out the loss of Horford as well as Teague. The Boston Celtics, they got better. They got Al Horford. The Charlotte Hornets. Ooh, the Charlotte Hornets. They got worse. They lost Courtney Lee. They also lost Al Jefferson and Jeremy Lin. The only person they really picked up was Marco Bellinelli. Hmm, yep. The Indiana Pacers. They got way better. We already know why. The Detroit Pistons. The Stones. They got better. Their young group's going to get better. They're going to improve. They also address significant needs on their bench. The Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls are better. They can get better alone because they tr- they swapped out Derrick Rose with Rajon Rondo, a guy who makes everyone else around, him, around them better. And in addition to that, magically, Wayne Wade fell in their lap. So, yes, Chicago Bulls got better. Washington Wizards, they're about the same. The Orlando Magic, even though they traded Victor Olatipo, I think the Orlando Magic actually got better. They got Bismat Biombo. They got Serge Ibaka. Evan Fournier is poised to have a breakout year. They also signed DJ Augustine. The Milwaukee Bucks, they got better. They got Matthew Della Badova, But then they also have Thon Maker. The potential of Thon Maker is tantalizing. The New York Knicks, they got better. Of course they did. We all know why. Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, Courtney Lee, Brandon Jennings. Also, Christoph Olzingis, about to take a step forward. The Brooklyn Nets, they got better. Did they get a lot better? No, just a little better. So they're still beating the lottery. The 76ers. Did they get better? Yeah, they're actually going to be very interesting. Are they still going to be in lottery? Of course they're going to be in the lottery, but they're going to be very interesting nonetheless. All right, that's the Eastern Conference. Let's talk about the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors. Did they get better or did they get worse? They lost Andrew Bogut. They lost Harrison Barnes. However, they gained Kevin Durant, top three player in the league. They also got Zaza Pachulia, David West, and possibly Steven Jackson. So yes, I do think that the Warriors got better. Spurs did they get better yes they did they lost Tim Duncan but not a Tim Duncan in his prime a Tim Duncan who now just retired and in his place they gained a Paul Gasol Spurs you got better Thunder you got worse of course you got worse you lost top three guy Kevin Durant what are you gonna do Clippers Clippers didn't get better they lost Jeff Green and as far as I know the only real significant person they brought in was Mo Bates. oh wait I'm sorry I said significant Portland did you get better yes you did you kept all your players, C.J. McCollum could possibly have a breakout year, and you signed Evan Turner, not to mention Festus Azilis. Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks are magically the exact same team that they were last year. You traded Zaza Pachulia for Andrew Bogut, who's kind of a wash, and then Chandler Parsons for Harrison Barnes, also a wash. So somehow, you took a shower, and you're the exact same team. Memphis Grizzlies, did you get better? Yes, you did, because Marcus Gasol is not going to be injured this year. And you gained Chandler Parsons into your starting lineup. They look good. The Houston Rockets, addition by subtraction. You lost White Howard. However, you gained Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, and Nene. Yes, you're better. Utah Jazz, did you get better? Yes, you did. One team I forgot to talk about, Joe Johnson went to the Utah Jazz. Not to mention, they traded, got George Hill and Dante Exum coming off injury to really sure up that point guard position. And they actually were just the benefit but going to the Spurs because they needed to free up some money, so they handed Boris Diaw to the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz, you got better. I actually expect the Utah Jazz to make the playoffs. Congratulations, Sacramento Kings. Did you get better? No, you didn't. Sorry, Boogie Cousins, man. You just can't catch a break, bud. Nuggets. Nuggets really stayed the same. Some of their players are going to get better, but I don't think that they have any significant young star players that are gonna make that big of a stride so they're more or less the same team they were pelicans again same team no significant signings same timberwolves woo! the timberwolves are gonna be fun to watch you got second year in carl anthony towns last year's rookie of the year he's gonna make a stride man that kid looks good andrew wiggins he gets better every single year zach levine improves every year and they also got chris dunn and they just signed brandon rush they'll still be in the lottery but did they get better? Yes. Phoenix! Phoenix is going to get better. The babyface muzzle hamster, Devin Booker. Devin Booker could have a breakout year. Devin Booker is really going to take some strides this year. And they had a pretty solid draft. They also picked up free agent Jared Dudley. Are they still going to be in the lottery? Probably. But they'll be in around that 8 to 10 spot. So anything's possible. If they make a midseason trade, it's possible they can jump to 8. Who knows? The Los Angeles Lakers! Did they get better? Yes. Because they're full of young players. And they signed Luel Dang. However... Are they still going to be in a lottery? Yes. Come on. Let's not get ourselves. Still going to be a lottery team, bud. Those are my pluses. Those are my minuses. <laughs> now it's time for the Koozie Top 5. Last show's Koozie Top 5. I told you to get on Twitter. Use hashtag Koozie Top 5. And let me know who you thought the top, your top five NBA teams are now that we've actually had some real significant free agency movement. Sadly... Nobody went on Twitter. Aww. But that's okay. I'm going to let you know who I think are the top five NBA teams at this moment in time. I miss the aftermath of free agency. Number one, I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. Number two, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number three, the Spurs. Number four, the Pacers. And number five, the Grizzlies. Can you believe that? Warriors, why? Because they got Kevin Durant. I'm not going to tell you anything else. The Cavs. They just won the NBA championship and they had no real significant losses besides Matthew De La And honestly, De didn't really play that much in the finals and they just picked up Mike Dunleavy. So they're still number two. San Antonio Spurs, they got Pau Gasol. No significant losses aside from Tim Duncan, but a more meaningful game in the addition of Pau Gasol. The Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers lineup is, it's looking good. I'm putting them at number four right now assuming that they can develop some chemistry because they do have two new starters and a handful of new bench players. So as long as they can de- develop some chemistry, I'm putting them at number four. And at number five, the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis took strides forward. They were an elite team a couple years ago before they were plagued with injuries. So assuming that they're healthy this year, and with the addition of Chandler Parsons, the Memphis grizzlies are very capable of having a long deep playoff run all right that's my koozie top five koozie koozie top five the next koozie top five who had the best offseason which nba team had the best offseason let me know who you think had the best nba offseason by tweeting the hashtag koozie top five so rank in order whom you think had the most significant offseason in the nba in light of this free agent bonanza. Get at me on Twitter, at The Koozie Show. It was wild. I know there was a lot in there, because it was a free agent bonanza. This has been the absolute funnest offseason that I've witnessed in years. So until next time, grab a beer, grab a koozie. Chill out, bud. It's summer. I said, I'm not scared. Look out, man. The Koozie Show.